Hi, everybody. The Complex PTSD Guy here. I'll start out by saying I'm not a doctor or psychiatrist. I'm just a guy living with complex PTSD, and I'm sharing my own ideas, experiences, and opinions on this podcast. I'll start out by saying that my phone might make a dinging sound as I'm doing this podcast, so I apologize for that. Um, somebody might text me is what might happen, so you might hear a little doorbell ding type sound. It should only happen one time, though, so... Um, but today I wanted to share a few examples, um, very specific examples, and one particularly relates extremely well to the podcast I did yesterday. Um, so in yesterday's podcast, I talked about roadblocks when you're growing up in dysfunction and negative environments. So roadblocks to um, being able to just communicate with people in a functional way. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, if you're growing up in a very negative environment, all there is to share is negativity sometimes, and you don't know how to even communicate with people who are doing positive things that make logical sense. Um, there's nothing to share sometimes. So I wanted to give a great example. So last night I was watching a show, and it was a dating show, and this guy who's dating a woman is probably going to propose to her. Um, they went down a cliff together, which had a waterfall. It was like less than 200 feet. And it was a supportive activity, and she wasn't expecting it. Um, so he surprised her with it. And they had a safety team with them and everything because, you know, they're, it's similar to, you know, mountain climbing except you're going down. Um, but they, uh, she was really scared to do it, so he was supporting her the whole time. You know, that's a, the whole point. And it was like a trust exercise. And so, you know, she was terrified for most of it and then once they got to the bottom she was really happy that they had done this together and so was he and he specifically said now we have a story to share and so that's exactly what I was talking about in my last podcast um, if you can do positive things volunteering finding like a workout plan that works for you finding a supportive community a lot of times that's in a, a religious type group a positive healthy religious group um and also, you know, just having, following your goals, knowing what your goals are and engaging with them. Um, from all those things, you have a story to share. So, for example, with me, um, I told you guys about my sobriety bracelet. I bought a bracelet specifically for my sobriety. And it's a sobriety bracelet. And it says, one day at a time in Morse code. And one day at a time... You know, it's take things one day at a time and be more rational, basically. Um, but that's one example of it's a story I can share with people who I choose to share it with. Um, my bracelet itself is telling a story. Um, so that's a ex perfect example of something I can share in a functional way with functional people. It's a healthy thing to share. So that's an example from my life um, that I'd already shared with you guys. Um, I also wanted to touch a little bit. So whenever I talked about in the last couple episodes, I mentioned how um, growing up in a narcissistic home or an abusive home can be very extremely similar to if you live with caretakers who are hoarders. And one thing I looked up whenever I looked up, you know, hoarding and mental illness, it said if you're a child who grows up in hoarding, a lot of times you can struggle with hopelessness and helplessness. And... I thought 
That's exactly how I feel as an adult today. I still struggle with those things, hopelessness in particular. I've talked about that on this podcast. Um, and so even just growing up in an abusive home, you can come out like that, not just a hoarder home. Um, so that's why I always, you know, I think that that show, because there was a show called Hoarders, those first few seasons, I really connected to that show even before I was ever diagnosed with complex PTSD. And I think it, it's just the relationship between the parents and their kids and their adult kids. A lot of times don't even talk to them anymore or they've shunned them. You know, the adult kids are like, I just can't. You're just too out of your mind here. Um, you're too abusive and all these things. And it's very relatable. It's probably the only show I've ever seen that nails it on the head. Um, it gets it perfectly because it's real. It's it's a real situation. Um but hopelessness and helplessness, those are two huge things that can lead exactly into not being able to function with healthy people. Because it's almost like, well, how do they, how do these healthy people even, it's almost like they're following a different code, you know, like healthy functional people. And they are, they're having healthy stories to share, right? So, you know, once you start doing that, it'll just become who you are, um, once you finally start having your own stories to share, healthy stories, like functional good things, um, and maybe you already do. The other thing is, um, uh, one thing I wanted to give an example, and this is a little bit random here. So in regards to struggling with interpersonal skills, I think this is another one that nails it on the head. Um, so this just happened. So somebody had texted me something regarding a personal matter and I sometimes I can be a little bit too direct because I do struggle with interpersonal skills and I don't sometimes know what to address in person versus what to address in a text message and so here's my advice is keep personal on a personal level so somebody had texted me something and they didn't say exactly what was going on they just said a personal thing was happening and I just specifically said what's happening rather than waiting till I see this person in person and asking them, because let's say they become emotional. Well, you can't hug somebody through a text message. You know, you can't be there for somebody in a text message in the sense that you can be there for them in person. So, you know, like, let's just say a medical procedure rather than saying, well, what are you, what is this person having done? You can just say, um, I'll be here to support you and I hope to see you soon and talk about it. Um, you know, maybe something like that so you can be there for them in person. So that's something I've struggled with for years and I just now noticed it today. I've, I've thought about it before, but today it just now happened. And my immediate text message back to them was, I probably should have waited till we were in person to ask you something so personal. Um, sometimes I can be too direct. So I let them know immediately that I kind of noticed my own kind of little error there rather than just having them think I have no social understanding whatsoever. Um, and the other thing I wanted to touch on just really quick. So I told you guys, I think a few days ago, um, that whole, the questionnaire from my counseling session and my counseling session covers three different things, substance abuse, trauma, and, um, kind of relationship type things and other things as well. So my counseling that I'm in right now is covering several different things. Um, it's not just one type of counseling. And 
whenever they asked these questions on this questionnaire thing that we had to do, um, I told you it was about the bus and we had to put the little images in the windows of the bus, different sides of ourselves. All this spiritual stuff that came up for me on this, I find it really interesting because I've told you guys that I've grew up around people who were kind of in a cult or they were in a cult. People thought of it as a cult. Um, and these questions, these answers on these questions related to my spirituality and my soul and these kind of weird things that have had happen in these dream things that have happened in clairvoyant things. And I think it's interesting that, so one of the questions was one side of me that I have a hard time liking is, and I put my spiritual side in synchronicity. So I find it interesting. I struggled with these kind of religious things growing up, this cult stuff and abuse within religion and all these things. And here I am struggling with knowing how to understand my spiritual side. So this questionnaire was like a perfect example. And by the way, I was honest with my answers. That's really important. Um, Because if I wasn't honest and I wrote in frivolous things, it would get me nowhere, right? I wouldn't have any eye-opening things happen. But it was like I was answering these questions, and it really is showing me where the problem is coming from. So, you know, my... You know, finding a healthy religious outlet or a spiritual outlet that's not going to lead you down rabbit holes or going to be dysfunctional, that's very important, at least from the world I came from, because I came from a multi-religious upbringing, meaning I grew up around people who some of the relatives would say they're in a cult, other relatives would say they're not, and the ones who were supposedly in a cult they would just kind of laugh it off and be like, okay, um, you know, that's their faith. Um, so it's interesting that these are things that I struggle with. Now, when it comes to, you know, a guy living in my house and I wrote a paper about this person, not knowing that this other person I lived in our house who portrayed him, I think that's different. That's either a huge coincidence. And then the guy living down the street who had a portrait who looked just like me. Again, that's a huge coincidence. If that is not some other type of bizarre spiritual thing I don't know what the hell that is and me having dreams and then them coming true again either that's a huge coincidence or I don't know what the hell that is that's that's a whole other level there you know there's something else going on there um but I just wanted to share some of that because I just think it's really interesting um I I just find it you know When it comes to counseling, obviously honesty is the best policy, and this is an example of that because it's leading back to where the problem is coming from and what the struggle is, and that can help you find an answer, and then you won't have, you know, to wonder about it and be stressed out about it. And again, um, the whole thing of now we have a story to share, kind of like my bracelet, you know, once you find things to do like that, and once you can be supportive of people and their goals then you'll have more stories to share or, you know, volunteering or finding your spiritual group, whatever it is. Um, And I also just wanted to make that connection between a negative home environment and that hopelessness and helplessness. Um, You know, it's coming from somewhere. So if you're growing up in a narcissistic home or a hoarder home, you have no control over the environment if you're a kid growing up in that. And that's where that hopelessness comes from. There's just, there's nothing you can do. You know, when you're in that environment as a child, you're just stuck. Um, and also keeping personal, personal. I just wanted to share a few of these things. So um, that's all. This is the Complex PTSD guy signing off.